Now don't get don't get scared and start turning off your radios, huh? I'm not advertising or trying to sell you anything. If the mouthwash you're using uh, is uh, not the right kind and it tastes sort of like sheep dip, why well, you just have to go right on using it. I can't advise any other kind. So. Welcome to Bacon, Beans, and Limousines. This is a Will Rogers Memorial Museum podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Crumweedy. Guys, and I'm Bart Taylor. This is our sixth episode. Pretty pumped up about this one. We got some uh, information on Will going abroad. So sit back, relax, pop on those cowboy boots, maybe those chaps. We'll be right back, okay? Thanks. right into this we're back we are back bart yes where the heck have you been i've been all over jacob i've been here there um actually last week i went down and saw one of my best buds and uh got to go to california southern cal um you know it was a little it was a good time well while you're down there i sure i sure hope you visited one certain site oh you better believe it jacob i went down to will rogers state park which is formerly his ranch down there, and uh, I guess it would be considered the uh, Pacific Palisades is where it's located. Yeah. It's a beautiful area. I got to spend about three to four hours. I got a tour by good old Ranger Tim, and uh, me and my buddy were in a tour group with uh, a French couple. And so, you know, I thought that was pretty neat that they came, you know, all the way out there to see what Will Rogers had to say and what he what he was about. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it was, I, it was really neat. I'm kind of jealous because I still haven't been out there yet. Oh, there's many things for you to be jealous about for over <laughs> me, but yeah, that's another one to add to the list for sure. Um, I, one thing uh, I was going to tell you guys about, uh, if you ever get a chance to go out there, they have some incredible uh, views, uh, especially from one point, which was called Inspiration Point. And we went up there, did a little hiking, me and my buddy, and uh, got to see probably some of the finest views. And you can only imagine what those look like in the 1920s and 30s. Oh, yeah. Um, with Without the houses there. And uh, you, you could see, you know, as far as the eye can see pretty much, yeah. you could see L.A., Malibu, uh, and uh, most of the Pacific Coast Highway around that area too. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's much needed if you ever get down to that area to go check it out. Absolutely. I It's it's on my to-do list, that's for sure. You better, I'd love you to. better do it pretty quick. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. I'll have to get out that way here pretty soon. Oh, definitely. Well, this uh, uh, this this week we've got a a lot to talk about. Actually, um, you don't say. Yeah. Okay. Will's uh, Will's first trip abroad. Oh, he yeah. went. Uh, he he traveled around the world. I mean, all over the world many times in his life. But uh, this was his first. You know, before he was really, you know, uh, nationally re- and <laughs> globally renowned as a as a star. But. Uh, I, I really think it's a, it's really interesting because it's what kicked off his his uh, professional life. So oh yeah, pretty neat stuff we're about to talk about. And uh, one thing we're going to start doing too is adding little uh, YouTube videos to help further explain some of our yeah uh, podcasts. And we're what, we're hoping to do it. yeah we're hoping to do little supplemental um, supplemental videos that uh, go along with each podcast. So whenever we ha- we have something we're talking about, we might do a video that goes along with it that has some other. Um, so, you know, some, some physical objects, uh, that, um, pertain to what we're talking about. Yeah. It's not um, just going to be me doing jumping jacks and. Well, we might have that too. Yeah. If we get pretty desperate, we will. That's, that's <laughs> good. That's some good stuff. It is. 
<laughs> maybe maybe they can maybe they can watch me do some of my rope tricks. Yeah, that'd, for sure. We'd love to see those. Get that tiny little rope that Neil has up there at the front. <laughs> Everybody loves that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to get into that in here just a bit. Um, Bart, you got anything else? Not much, man. Um, other than that trip, man, that was that was something else. That was a kind of a nice way to cap my internship here, and yeah, and really just get to see um, how Will lived yeah. um, as a, as a movie star, one of the top grossing movie stars. Yeah, because I mean, we have you know his birthplace ranch here in in Oklahoma, and that's uh, I mean that's that's really neat because you see the place where he grew up basically. But the ranch here in in uh, in Ulagot, it really speaks more to. Clem Rogers, and you right. know that was his home. The one out in California, that's Will Rogers' home. Oh, definitely. So I imagine that'd be really neat to go out and see. It was so neat. Well, uh, let's give us a few minutes. We'll come right back, do a little commercial break for you. We'll see you real soon. Have you ever traveled to the far ends of the earth? Then why not bring along Tewidian coffee? It's hot. It's black. It's the elixir of life. Planes, trains, or automobiles. Whatever you're speeding in, why not try Tewidian? Have you tried yourself some coffee today? Tewidian coffee. Now, here at the uh, museum in Claremore, we have a kind of a reproduction uh, study, the will study of the, from the house out in um, Pacific Palisades. What uh, Did that look pretty close to the one out there? Yeah, it actually it was really, really similar. And uh, Ranger Tim did a great job of explaining some things that I didn't even know. Um, you know, as our room up here is, you know, a little bit smaller um, down to scale, there are some of the same things. We have um, the bed, the typewriter, the the bookshelves with yeah. all the good stuff, the pictures, uh-huh. um, even the picture of Sequoia that we have over here in the study. He had that exactly placed right there, too. So that was really cool. And instead of looking at the you know, the fake picture that we have um, making it look like there is a polo grounds you could actually see right outside the window. Yeah. And there were people taking pictures for their Christmas cards. So it was kind of neat to see them using Will's land still and, and getting some use out of it. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. That is pretty neat. The uh, Now, there was the uh, globe sitting on the desk. You were telling me this earlier. Yeah, one cool story, and I think you guys are going to love it, about the globe. And uh, Ranger Tim set this out and, and kind of ended the tour uh, with this, and it was appropriate, I thought. He said, he was showing us the globe and said, Will would, any place that he wanted to go would mark in pencil. And when he went there, he would go over it, trace it, and pen. And so you can see on all over the globe, on his globe next to his desk, all the places he's been. Yeah. You know, kind of like we have here in our museum. You get to see the places he's been, you yeah. know, Argentina, South Africa. Um, so I thought that was so cool. And then he explained, if you'll notice, there's there's a line that goes from to, to Alaska, uh-huh. and it's only in pencil. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And that really hit home because, I mean, if you think about it, he said, well, if he finalized the trip, he would, you know, retrace it in pen. But so never, right there, it was just never made it. Never made it. So it, that was that really hit home. I thought th- I thought that was one of the coolest things I saw while on the trip. That is pretty neat. Yeah. All right, Bart, let's uh, let's get right into this. Now, um, if you guys remember from last time or last episode, we talked about Will Rogers and, you know, his life in between school and his travels, which basically was kind of summed up, uh, kind of could kind of sum up with um, his working on the ranch in Ulaga as well as uh, into Texas. Um, where we kind of left off was, you know, he was um, kind of out there looking for 
a way to fit himself into the world. And, you know, the frontier was kind of shrinking away at that point, and he was trying to find a place to start his life, I guess. Um, and he had heard about South America um, and Argentina, and he kind of got the idea that, uh, well, that's where he'll go. There's still a frontier down there, and uh, that's where, you know, I could start my own ranch and, you know, carve in, a, carve in my own um, a place for myself down there. He decided to take a friend of his, uh, Dick Paris. He had met Dick Paris in Tahlequah, um, and his goal was to go down to Argentina and South America. And, well, he really hadn't planned too much about uh, about the trip. He just kind of went down. He knew South America was south, and so he went south and got on a uh, train and went to New Orleans. Well, once, he, once him and Dick Paris got to New Orleans, um, this has been about February of 1902, uh, once he got to New Orleans, he realized, well, there, there are no boats going to Argentina from that port. Um, so really, it uh, it forced Will to kind of adapt his his plans and take a couple more trips in order to get there because, uh, you know, he hadn't really planned it out. So he went uh, he went down to Galveston, um, you know, just kind of trying to find a place to to get to Argentina. Found out that most of the boats for Argentina left from New York. Um, so he, he went up to New York City, um, got a boat up to New York City. Um, and <laughs> by the time he got up there, there were no ships that were going to be sailing to Argentina for about three weeks. Ooh. Yeah. So what did he do? Well, what he was, what he kind of had forced himself, what he was kind of forced to do was uh, uh, get on a boat. There was no direct, direct uh, path to Argentina. So he got on a boat and went to England, actually. And from England, he kind of went in a roundabout way down to South America. Took the long way home. Yeah, really, yeah. really did. Um, he finally arrived in Buenos Aires. This was in early May of 1902. Um, by the time they arrived there in Argentina, I mean, their goal had been to establish a, a ranch for themselves uh, there where there was still a wide open frontier. No barbed wire. No barbed wire, that's right. He didn't like it. No, no. It, was, it really kind of sectioned off the frontier. You know, you couldn't... Uh, the wide open spaces were gone. But uh, what he discovered when he got to Argentina, really to his uh, dismay, was the, uh, although the cattle industry was booming in Argentina, which he had heard about, um, the problem was it was really becoming far too costly to actually establish a ranch there. The property values, you know, um, Ben Yagoda said were doubling every year. Did you just say uh, Yagoda? I did say Ben Yagoda. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Uh, he was, uh, it was really becoming uh, too costly to just start a ranch there. And you couldn't really get a lot of, uh, you couldn't get credit like at a bank to go get a loan unless you were a citizen. And him not being a citizen, he couldn't really, couldn't really easily go do that. Yeah, it's tough to go to Tulsa Teachers Credit Union and try to buy a ranch. Yeah, yeah. It's almost <laughs> impossible these days. Absolutely. Imagine if you weren't a citizen of the United States and go into a bank and trying to get, Ooh, it, uh, yeah. get a loan. You might not be able to. See ya. Um, not only was buying land a little bit of an issue um, for Will and Dick, they uh, they weren't even able to get jobs as uh, ranch hands. Uh, most of the ranch hands uh, that just worked the cattle, they got paid a really low wage. Um, and even the overseers, the ranch foremans, for example, they were mostly already all filled by... Englishmen, for example, um, things like that. So it was really difficult for them to even find just work on a ranch. There was no McDonald's at this time. No, uh, no. they uh, at that point, you know, as Will had already spent a lot of his money on 
the couple extra boat trips down to Argentina. <laughs> Just a couple. Yeah. Uh, so he really didn't have enough money to get home, both of them. So what he did, he paid for a uh, paid for a uh, a ticket for Dick Paris to get back to the United States. He was he was getting pretty homesick, and at this point, Will was really too embarrassed to wire his dad and ask for some money. Hey, Dad. Um, yeah. Just a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so he and actually, Clem wasn't about to send him any. You know, he had already, you know, when Will had decided to just leave the ranching business back in Uluga, um and go travel abroad. You know, it was kind of. Clem's last little hey, yeah, check, was, checkbooks closing, folks. That's right. He kind of had the the idea that well, you made this decision, you got to figure it out. Good so, man, that was a good man. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, you know, it kind of forced them to figure things out, and really, it's probably best because Definitely. what what happened was he um, he was kind of stranded there in Argentina for a while um, until he was able to get uh, find some work actually going to South Africa, and he was uh, found work on a cattle boat. Uh, the cattle boat was going to South Africa. Um, there was about, on this particular shipment, there's about 300 heads of cattle, uh, six or 700 mules, 2,000 sheep, and about uh, 50 different horses. And uh, they, they uh, departed there um, from Buenos Aires uh, in early August of 1902. Wasn't there, like, this was supposed to be, like, one of the biggest valuable like shipments of livestock they, they said at the time is one of the biggest yeah so uh, they, they needed people to you know keep an eye on the cattle and uh on the livestock there you know for you know uh to cross the atlantic ocean and get over there well anyway um that's what we've got we're going to take a quick break give us a few minutes and we'll be right back see you in a bit guys Where we left off, Will had just uh, just departed from South America, heading to South Africa. So, Bart, tell me, what happened when Will Rogers went to South Africa? Jacob, we were talking about the South African trip. Um, yeah. When you said he uh, went down there, it was the hugest, you know, largest consignment of cattle and livestock that Buenos Aires had ever seen. You yeah. know, it was in the newspaper. This was big time. Um, and this was also when Will was kind of a cowhand. Um, a, a few times he, Yagoda, of course, my bud, points out um, that he was a cowhand, would show the prospective horses off to the buyers, kind of showing, you know, what they could do, a few of the jumps, um, if they were limber, you know, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically checking out the horse. He talks a little bit about that. But after basically two months of goofing around in South Africa, um, he secured a job uh, transporting mules down to the town of Ladysmith. Great name for a town. Ladysmith? Ladysmith. Yeah. This is about 250 miles inland on South Africa, just in case you're wanting to visit or anything. Um, while he was uh, after this, he took the train to Durban, and something crazy happened to Will Rogers. That didn't happen very often. Um, he actually got things stolen from him. Um, he ended up getting his trunk that had his spurs, his leggings, his bridle, and his saddle that he had got from Jim Ryder, so all that had gotten taken from him. Yeah, you know, so that's a huge loss, especially yeah. for a Willie Raj. Um, he was left with a small, uh, tiny um, container. Um, basically, wrote home, only had thirteen dollars to his name, uh, one shirt, 
and he said they were all so it was soiled of course um but in ladysmith another thing happened that will you know become part of his future yeah um and that's when he uh, encountered texas jack yeah yeah so i think that's pretty cool um it says right here what happened in ladysmith more than made up for the loss will saw a sign for advertising the appearance of something called the texas jack's wild west show and you know what a Wild West show is, right? Oh, kinda? sure. Okay. Yeah. Like kind of like Buffalo Bill, uh-huh. Annie Oakley style. Um, he thought, you know, maybe I'll go apply for a job, see if there's anything I can do, uh, whether it's driving tent stakes into the ground, you know, feeding cows, whatever you got to do, cleaning up the stuff, you, right. know, you know, all that kind of stuff. So basically, he, um, he started down there to the Texas Jacks show. And he eventually, after the show, he, you know, went up to Texas Jack and you know, it began talking with him, and they eventually got to the the subject of roping, and Will started explaining that he could rope. You know? Yeah, he and he knew how to do that. Oh yeah, we've we've discussed this plenty of times. Sure. So Jack, um, he said, "Hey, Will, uh, can we get you to throw the big whirl? You know, the big whirl rope trip." So he did that, which is a you know the crinoline stunt, which we to- we talked about to the sixth grade kids, and we've spoke about yeah. the big giant loop, big he, giant loop that yeah. he swung around his body. Yeah. And basically, uh, the the rope was about 80 foot in length. He would twirl it around in a horizontal circle. As soon as he did this and demonstrated it, Texas Jack offered him a contract pretty much on the spot. Um, and it was about for $20 a week. Uh, so about 1900, early 1900s, that was pretty good. Yeah. But actually considering, you know, the prospects that he had before in South America, uh, some of the wages out there was like 8 or $10 a month. For right. just a ranch hand. <laughs> right, yeah. Definitely. So this is this is a big step up for him. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um what one thing about Will's new employer now, you know, Texas Jack, he um he was a his dad was a frontier scout and guide who was with William Cody um in the range wars of eighteen sixty and eighteen seventies. Um you know, Cody now known as Buffalo Bill, uh and he, he did all those shoot 'em up melodramatic uh, melodramatic um Wild West shows and Texas Jack was more worried about, you know, roping tricks, skilled horsemanship, riding, mm-hmm. um, things of the cowboy to really show them off. Uh, less of the um, Native American, you know, battle scenes where, you know, the cowboys always won, right. know, regardless. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. He really wanted to revive the cowboy image and, and show that, you know, across the world. So yeah. um, basically, he gave him a nickname. Uh, I'll get to that here in just a second. Um Texas Jack said to Will that they couldn't do anything about the roping tricks until they got the giant tent installed, um, you know, due to roping probably causing a little havoc, you know, knocking the tent down or something. So they waited until the tent got installed with a big center pole, like, a, you know, the circus you would see today. Yeah. Um, and that's when he started coining uh, coin his nickname, the the Cherokee Kid. That was came from Texas Jack. Yeah. Like our big poster here in the in the Follies. and Absolutely. Yeah, that room, that Cherokee Kid poster. Um he dubbed his newest member of his troop, Cherokee Kid, and he said in the posters he could ride, rope, uh, trick roping, and and do all kinds of things on horses, and that's how he was built as. So, thought that was pretty neat too. Yeah, and absolutely. how quickly that came about, um, you know, just shows to how hard he worked at roping, um, and and how hard he had been working since he's watched Dan as a little kid. Absolutely. You know, I bet you he was really actually probably thrilled to be able to do something like this. You know, he. Because as we talked about in a couple episodes before, you know, he loved doing those, you know, the image of the American West. Um, he loved doing the rope tricks and things like that. 
So I bet you this really played up his alley. Oh, man, you know, and this is right when he starts getting the, the entertainment side of Will. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, starts developing his wit and uh, a few of his skills that he uses for the Follies and yeah. vaudeville and things like that. As soon as that new tent arrived, Will started to rope in the show. He'd never done trick roping in front of crowds before, so he knew from seeing, uh, remember when we talked about um, Oropesa? Yeah. When he had seen him All right. doing All right. tricks, and he's like, wow, you know, I could do that. Uh, Oropesa was with Buffalo Bills shows, going back to that. So uh, he, all those unt- uh, untold hours of like sitting there practicing with Dan Walker by himself, it's f- starting to pay off. Yeah. Uh, his first performance, they asked for two encores. Yeah. They asked him to come out twice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty pretty neat. Yeah. Um, moving on real fastly, uh, real quickly, fastly, I'm making up words here. Fastly, that's a word. That's a decent word. Yeah. We'll use that next week as well. Will was in heaven this time. Uh, you go to points out again. The show, um, the show contained basically 35 performers, 33 horses, toured around the country. Uh, you would spend maybe two to three weeks in a city mm-hmm. so everybody could see the show. Um, like the Texas cattle drives that had made such a huge impression on Will, this satisfied his uh, his taste for being a nomad and being in a specific troop. Yeah, um, you know, like you go to says fraternal nomadism. Yeah, you know, and so I think I, I think that's pretty cool. It shows his willingness to uh, be independent uh-huh. and do his own thing. Sure. Um, let's see. Moving on, um, Jack Texas Jack really helped Will um, coin himself as an entertainer. Get get to be an entertainer yeah. more and more and more. It gave him his start. Um, Will specifically pointed out um, in A Boy's Life um, by Harold Keith. Mm-hmm. We've used that one several times. Uh, at last, he had found something he, was, he would like to stay with always, the show business. He was saving money, and better yet, sending it home. So sending the money back home, making a little bit more you know, each week. Experience, experience was teaching him in a few short months what Clem Rogers was trying to teach him all along. Um, with honest, uh, good intentions and honest solicitation, um, that's he. He really learned through Jack, and this is a quote by Will about Jack. Jack was one of the smartest showmen I've ever met. It was he who gave me the uh, the idea for my original stage act with my pony. I learned a lot about the show business from him. He could do a bum act with a rope that an ordinary man couldn't get away with, and make the audience think that he was so great. So I used to study him by the hour. And from him, I learned the great secret of show business. Not knowing when to get off, it's the fellow who knows when to quit that the audience wants more of. Yeah? Yeah. That's a good point. Wow. Yeah. I think that was pretty cool. So That's pretty good. Um, one more cool fact, and, you know, and then I think we're going to pretty much sum up his South Africa trip. He would practice on, um, a lot of times, zebras that, that Texas Jack was using that's in pretty, his show. That's pretty cool. Um, and I called Tulsa Zoo to see if we could set something up like that. And yeah. They're not really keen on that. They're, idea, they're, not, so. they're not thrilled about it. No, no. Well, we'll have to sweet talk them maybe. Yeah, we'll see what they can do for Will Rogers Memorial Museums. Um, all right, let's see. I think that about sums up what he did in Africa and, and, and yeah. kind of gave him the the broad outline of what he is going to do and, and what he'll take with him to the vaudeville and the Follies yeah. eventually. And really from there... Uh, Bart, he, um, he eventually goes on, uh, short after being in, in uh, South Africa, he goes on to um, New Zealand and Australia. And it's kind of an abrupt abrupt uh, departure for, for Will. It's, uh, there's kind of some question as to why he went. Um, you know, he might have been homesick, uh, you know, wanting to get back home and try to make his way back that way. 
Um, but there's actually some. I was doing some research here with the uh, papers of Will Rogers book, and uh, oh, oh yeah, there was a um, in volume one here. It's got some <laughs> some love letters he had received from from the, a couple different ladies, and uh, ooh, ooh. yeah, it's kind of clear he. Uh, I mean, he was a twenty year old uh, kid at this stud, point. but uh, I mean, he was. Um, <laughs> That might have actually played a role in him just kind of getting the heck out of there. There was, they were actually kind of, they were kind of funny. Sit there and read them. I think that might have kind of convinced him he needed to go. I mean, some of them were a little <laughs> bit crazy actually, because <laughs> um, he's actually doing really well with Texas Jack's show, um, and really Texas Jack himself was uh, really impressed with with Will Rogers as a as a um, performer, and um, in fact, Will uh, would occasionally uh, fill in for Texas Jack when Texas Jack was away. Actually, played Texas Jack's roles, which was uh, which was really neat. Um, however, uh, Will did actually end up departing um, from South uh, South Africa to Australia um, in August, uh, early August, in August of 1903. Um, I mentioned the you know different romantic encounters, which might have, uh, which uh, with some some uh, some people that might have actually. Um, explained his sudden departure, um, but I think it was was clear that he was wanting to kind of make his way back home. He was halfway around the world at this point. He's wanting to get back, get back to the life that he that he knew. Oh yeah, um, I mean he was he was homesick. You, you go to points that out several times. Right. He I mean, he wrote a letter back to his father saying, "Dad, I got to come back." Yeah, you know? yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, by the time he got to uh, Australia, actually he landed in New Zealand. Um, Texas Jack had written him a letter, a glowing letter of recommendation, um, and he got a job uh, at the Worth Brothers Circus. Now, this isn't quite a circus like uh, like you might think of it today. It was uh, probably more, uh, kind of a little bit more similar to actually like a vaudeville show, which Will would, would do with some, uh, some more frequency later in his life, uh, but basically a variety show. There's a kind of a lot of different staged acts. Um, of you know many different varieties of uh, of topics and you know his his wild west roping um, really fit in really well with the uh, with the uh, with the circus uh, and he he actually ended up working there for a number of months um, he continued his act as the Cherokee Kid with the Worth Brothers Circus and actually also performed as a uh, vaquero a Mexican vaquero um, but he uh, by Mar- by March of 1904 he had just been a few months there. Um, he really kind of decided he needed to head back home, and uh, and really that's uh, <laughs> that's where we kind of uh, are going to leave off this week. He uh, he got back to uh, the United States, and you know he would end up doing a couple more uh, similar shows there in the United States uh, before he'd get into other things. But uh, that's pretty much where we're going to leave off. And so make sure you guys tune in next week, and we'll pick up where we left off with uh, actually uh, the uh, World's Fair in St. Louis. Sounds good, guys. Um, you know, guys, it's getting closer to Christmas time, and uh, I haven't said this in a while, but we've got a gift shop, and I'll tell you what, there's lots of goodies, lots of good stuff in there you need to go check out. We Absolutely. have uh, Will Rogers Memorial uh, ornaments for those Christmas trees, and um, come on in. We've got anything you would want, probably, stocking stuffers, all that good stuff, books. Coffee co- mugs. Coffee mugs. I'm sipping from one right now. If you don't like coffee, we... Uh, we don't like you. Just kidding. Um, well, guys, uh, we do appreciate it again. Uh, thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about Will Rogers. We really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. 
You gonna leave off with that quote like usual? Well, no. I gotta I gotta thank people first. Let's thank some guys. All right. Well, first and foremost, we want to thank the Will Rogers Memorial Commission and the Will Rogers Memorial Foundation. Through them, we're able to uh, give you guys this podcast. They're willing. They're the ones that make this possible. Um, and also, Calvin Frank there behind the glass. Calvin, talk to me. He's the one that uh, produces the show, um, takes care, the good care of us. And also, forgot this last week, but thanks to the uh, Move Trio for the uh, intro music and all the music that we have. Yeah, here. they called us about that. Um, <laughs> so I'll have them email you. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that pretty much uh, sums up the thanks. But uh, like like we usually do uh, every every week, we want to uh, close off the podcast with a uh, with a quote from Will Rogers. And this one's kind of fun. Um, this is uh, from one of his uh, daily telegrams, his daily newspaper articles from uh, January, uh, January 4th of 1925. He says, why don't they pass a constitutional amendment prohibiting anybody from learning anything? And if it works as good as this prohibition one did, in five years, we'll have the smartest race of people on earth. It's <laughs> pretty good. That's good. Sorry, I was way back from the mic. My <laughs> laugh would have been super loud. Sorry about that. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thanks again, guys. Thanks again, guys.